0: This is Mount Pleasant Baptist Church, Atlanta, Georgia, a congregation full of life and love with a legacy of outreach ministries. Everybody's invited to church in person Sunday at 10 a.m. and online at mountpleasantatl.org. And now the Mount Pleasant Baptist Church,
1: Atlanta. We give God praise on tonight. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. If you would, if you would reach for your Bibles and turn with me to the gospel according to Matthew chapter 14, I want to read in your hearing several verses of scripture that I believe the Holy Spirit uh, would like to say to his church on today. And so if you would, uh, if you would stand in reverence and respect of God's word, I want to read today from the King James Version of God's word, Matthew chapter 14, Beginning at verse 22, and we will end at verse 33. In fact, if you would, say it aloud with me. Matthew Matthew. chapter 14, verse 22 22 through 33. If you found it, would you indicate by saying amen? Amen. If you found it, would you holler? Thank you, Jesus. And if you're still looking, just whisper, help me, Lord. Amen. Amen. Hear you the word of the Lord. And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side. While he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. Somebody say to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea. Tossed with the waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. Somebody say, Walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway, Jesus spoke unto them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I, be not afraid. Somebody say, Don't be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on water. Somebody say, walked on water. Oh. To go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand. Somebody say his hand. And caught him and said unto him, O thou little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they were coming to the ship, the wind ceased. Then they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, O of, of a truth, thou art the Son of God. For the time that is ours, if you would, if you would practice evangelism one-on-one, look at your neighbor and say, Neighbor, what a friend we have in Jesus amen you may be seated in the presence of the lord let us pray the gracious god we thank you for this opportunity to bask in your presence god we have felt your presence and your power already as we have sung to your glory but now we ask that you would send it on down lord send it on down lord let your holy ghost come on down speak now so that your people might hear your voice and understand what you would have them to do. It's in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, that we do pray. And together we said amen and amen. For the time that is ours on tonight, I want to share from the thought, what a friend we have in Jesus. Amen. Somewhere around the year 1855, A preacher, a poet, and penman by the name of Joseph Scriven wrote arguably one of the most popular and prominent hymns of its time. Sung for decades by believers all over the globe, this song has both pierced and penetrated the hearts, the minds, and the souls of men, women, boys, and girls. Beloved, from Africa to Australia, from Barbados to Belize, from Costa Rica to Canada, from Trinidad to Tanzania, from the United States to the United Kingdom, people everywhere have fallen in love with this particular hymn of the church. Now, I know that we're in the year 2023, and we don't sing hymns in the church like we used to. uh, But every now and then, it's good to have a song, a hymn that has a way of stirring up your soul uh, and setting your spirit on fire. Do I have a witness here today? Uh, Hymns like amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now found, was blind, but now I see. Hymns like Father, I stretch my hands to thee. No other help I know. If thou withdraw thyself from me, oh, whither shall I go? Hymns like, what can wash away my sins? What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Hymns like, victory is mine. Victory is mine. Victory today is mine. I told Satan to get thee behind. Why? Because victory today is mine. Well, tonight, beloved, the hymn by Scriven that I'm referring to is entitled What a Friend We Have in Jesus. And beloved, that one thing I've discovered about this song is that it has a way of setting a church on fire. Whether it be a Sunday worship service, a a Wednesday night revival service, a, a midweek Bible study, a Sunday school class, or a prayer meeting. This song has a way of touching your heart and reminding you that when you can't count on anybody else, you can count on Jesus. In this song, Scriven says, What a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Well, beloved, when we consider how great, grand, and glorious this song is, it's the story behind the song that blesses me. Are y'all interested tonight? Uh, You see, you must understand that the reason why Scriven could write and sing about the friendship of Jesus is because he had firsthand experience. Uh, Can I talk to all my brothers who are like me, who are thinning, or maybe you've already gone bald, and y'all remember a few years ago that commercial where they say, I'm not only a client, but I'm also the president. Here it is, beloved, we find that Scriven talks about Jesus being a friend because he had first-hand experience. You see, as a young man, Scriven had set out on this journey called life with all the vigor, vision, and vitality that one would expect of any young adult. He was filled, he was full and fueled with strength, intellect, skills, and unbelievable joy but one day his life was disrupted. Beloved, beloved, uh, I tell you that his regularly scheduled program was abruptly uh, interrupted and he had to find out in a short matter of time that the only one he could depend on was Jesus. You see beloved, his mother had become Gravely ill. His first fiance accidentally drowned the evening before their wedding. His second fiance, she as well became ill and died before their wedding date. His finances plummeted and his hope waned. And just when it seemed like life was over, he says that Jesus stepped in and became his friend. Uh, You must understand, he finds himself battling depression. He's feeling dejected and drained, depleted and despondent. But when he couldn't count on anybody else, he could could count on Jesus. And I believe that Grandmama had it right when he said it this way. He may not come when you want him, uh, but he'll be there right on time. He's an on time God. Yes, he is. And Scriven goes on to say that some of the most valuable lessons that he learned in life happened not during the good times, but it happened in the tough times you see Scriven understood that in the tough times he learned that trouble don't last always it was in the tough times that he learned that every storm will eventually run out of rain he understood it was in the tough times that your struggles make you stronger he understood it was in the tough times that there must be a test before there's a testimony it was in the tough times that he understood that him plus Jesus is the majority and I know that this might first time here, but is there anybody here in the Mount Pleasant Church that can say, Pastor, it was in the tough times that I learned all about Jesus. It was in the tough times that I understood that trouble don't last always. It was in the tough times that you understood that every storm will run out of rain. It was in the tough times that you understood that your struggles have come to make you stronger and I know you want the neighbor next to you to think that you ain't never had any struggles or any trials or tribulation, but can I talk to about a hundred of y'all who don't mind being honest and being transparent that say, Pastor, the reason why I'm in church is because I've been through some tough times. Uh, I've had seasons in my life when I wanted to throw in the towel, when I wanted to give up, uh, but thanks be to God, uh, when I couldn't count on anybody else, I could count on Jesus. Uh, I wish there was somebody who would holler at the preacher tonight that say, Pastor, you all up in my mailbox. You got your finger all up in my Kool-Aid. Uh, Pastor, you bowling all down my alley because as I look back over my life uh, and think things over, I can testify uh, when I couldn't count on anybody else. Uh, I can count on Jesus. Well, some of y'all say, Pastor Barry, that's cute, but I need some Bible. Come here, come here, come here. Uh, the Bible reminds us that we have a friend in Jesus when it provides us scriptures like if God before you who can be against you. Scripture's like no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Scripture's like my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. Scripture's like the battle is not yours, but it belongs to the Lord. Uh, scripture's like you are a chosen generation and a royal priesthood. Uh, scripture's like he that begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Somebody say, I got a friend in Jesus. Uh, Beloved, you must understand that we live in a day and time where our our young people are fascinated by social media. Uh, They're they're fascinated by fans, friends, and followers. Let me say that again. I said fans, friends, and followers. And some people have gotten misguided, and they have been delusioned by the fact that everybody that says they're your friend ain't your friend. Okay, let me say it differently. Can I help you? Can I burst your bubble tonight? Uh, just because y'all wear the same jersey, don't mean you're on the same team. I wish I had some help here tonight. Uh, some of y'all have under, come to understand that just because they're your relative, uh, it don't mean that y'all family. I wish I had some help here tonight. Say, Pastor, you talking to me tonight? And I've come tonight to tell you, when you can't count on anybody else, you can count on Jesus. Well, here it is, the Bible says, after a long day, after preaching, teaching, and healing, Jesus tells the disciples, fellas, go ahead and get in the boat. He said, listen, I'm going to tie up a few loose ends. Y'all go on, on, and uh, I'll catch up with you in a little while. The Bible says that the disciples get in the boat, and uh, they begin to float into the water. The Bible says, after Jesus, having poured himself out, decides to go to a mountain to pray. And uh, while he's up there praying, Lord, have mercy. A storm comes out over the waters. Here is the disciples find themselves, they are rattled, they're shaken because they did not see in the forecast. Uh, The spiritual weatherman did not tell them uh, that a storm is on the way. Uh, Isn't it interesting that the weatherman or the weatherwoman is the only person that could be wrong and still keep their job? (sighs) Here it is. They find themselves in the storm and uh, they look out and they Looks like a ghost. But Jesus tells them, listen, have no fear. It's me and Jesus is walking on water. Big mouth Peter. Y'all, somebody say big mouth Peter. Big mouth Peter said, well, Jesus, if it's you, if it really is you, uh, I dare you, I double dog dare you, I triple dog dare you to ask me to get out the boat. Jesus tells Peter, listen, get out the boat. And the Bible says that Peter is walking on water. He's walking on water. But as soon as the winds begin to blow, and as soon as the waves begin to get boisterous, the Bible says that Peter starts sinking in the water. Here it is. He finds himself, and he cries out, Lord, save me. The Bible says that Jesus reaches out his hand, and he pulls, G- uh, pulls Peter up, and that's when everybody in the boat became believers. Now, can I tell you, I got problems with this passage. Somebody say he got problems with the passage. Uh, when I look at this passage, there's too many paradoxes in the passage. There's too many tensions in the text. Can I point out a few of you, to, three of them to you tonight? Uh, the first thing is that I got issues with this passage because why would Jesus shift the disciples from walking on solid ground uh, to being in, Lord have mercy, a rocky sea? Okay, I know that don't mess with some of y'all. I said, why would Jesus tell them to leave perfectly good solid ground and have them to get in shaky waters. But then the second thing I struggle with this text is why would Jesus uh, be with the disciples physically but then remove himself physically? I had issues with that. Why would Jesus be in their presence and then leave their presence? But then can I tell you the problem? The thing that really bothers me? Uh, It bothered me that they went from experiencing terrific weather to go to experiencing turbulent weather because Jesus told him so. Uh, but can I be honest? Can I keep it real for y'all tonight? Uh, I got issues with them disciples. Uh, because when Peter started to sink, none of them jokers jumped out the boat to save him. Okay, okay, maybe that don't bother you, but if you my friend, if you my day one, if you see me sinking, I need you to jump out the boat and save me. And I wish I had somebody here tonight that can say, Pastor, I really found out who my friends were. Because when life got difficult, uh, when times got hard, uh, the folks that said they had my back uh, were nowhere to be found. I wish there was somebody here tonight that can say, Pastor, God has a way of helping you understand your friends. Well... Look at this passage. We find that Matthew is the writer of this text. If I had to give a description of Matthew, he's a tax collector who has experienced a conversion power of Christ. Now, you must understand as tax collectors, they took advantage of people. Uh, they would, they would uh, put a little extra on it for themselves. But the Bible says that when, when Jesus gets a heart of Matthew, gets a, gets a hold of Matthew's heart, he is no longer the same way that he was. How many of you know that when you have a true encounter with Jesus, you're no longer the same? Uh, but not only was Matthew a tax collector, but he was a tracker of Jesus' lineage. As you study Matthew chapter 1, you will find that he outlines the 40 and 2 generations of Jesus Christ. Now you must understand that Matthew was not the first of the gospels that were written, but the reason it appears first in the New Testament is because in the Old Testament the last book is Malachi and there was a prophecy, a prediction, and a projection of a Messiah. And Matthew does the best job of helping the people of God understand that Jesus us is the fulfillment of the prophecy. Uh, but I like Matthew because Matthew does a good job of saying, listen, Jesus is the Messiah. He's the Savior that's coming back. He's also a man. He's born of Mary and Joseph, conceived by the Holy Spirit. But I like Matthew because he paints the picture and portion of Jesus as a miracle worker. Somebody say miracle worker. Uh, it's Matthew who makes it very clear that Jesus was the one who opened up a supermarket, a Publix, a super Walmart, a Target, in the middle of the wilderness, And fed 5,000 people. It's Matthew that makes it the argument that Jesus was like a hematologist and healed the woman with the issue of blood. I said Matthew makes the argument that Jesus is like an ophthalmologist and an optometrist and gives sight to the blind. I said it's Matthew that makes the argument that Jesus is like a podiatrist and helps the lame man get on his feet and walk. I'm talking about Jesus. Here it is we find with Big Mouth Peter. Ah, beloved, begins to experience the miracle and saving power of Jesus Christ. Now, I I like Peter. I like Peter. Somebody say he likes Peter. Peter's fearless. He walks on water. He's forthcoming. When asked, who who am I? He says, you are Jesus, the son of the living God. I I like Peter because he's feisty. Somebody say he's feisty. The Bible says when Jesus was in the garden of Gethsemane to pray, that uh, Peter cut off the soldier's ear. But the old preacher was said this way. He really was trying to cut off his neck, but the soldier moved, and he got, all he got was his ear. Here it is, Peter. He's, he's, he's fearless. He's forthcoming. He's feisty, but he's faithful. On the day of Pentecost, he preaches, and 3,000 people get saved. But, but the issue I got with Peter is Peter's fickle. Okay, okay what, he, what he's talking about, Pastor? Well, Jesus says, listen, that there will be three no's and three crows. He says, listen, he says, one of y'all... Although, after all I've done for you, when the time of testing comes, you're going to deny me. Peter said, no, not me, Jesus. You've been too good to me. He said, no, you're going to be the main one. Peter is fearless. He's forthcoming. He's feisty. He's faithful. He's fickle. But he's also flawed. Somebody say he's flawed. Uh, Beloved Peter, although he was not perfect, God still uses him for his glory. Okay, I know that messes with some of y'all theology, so let me say it once again. I said Peter was not perfect but he was still yet used by God. You see, sometimes we think the only people that God can use are perfect people. But can I tell you that that God specializes in using imperfect people? Okay, let me see if I can make it clear. My daughter, uh, she was about six years old at the time. We had gone to a restaurant. They asked, how many in your party? Uh, Where would you like to sit? Would you like a booth or a table? Y'all know how it goes. And uh, so we were sitting down, they gave her uh, some crayons and a little sheet of paper uh, to color and play tic-tac-toe. And so as we placed our orders, uh, she said, well, daddy, you wanna play tic-tac-toe? I said, sure, baby, I'll play you in tic-tac-toe. After all, I'm a grown man. She's six years old, I already know who's gonna win. And, uh, but can I tell you what happens? My little girl begins to beat her daddy at tic-tac-toe. Now I didn't know it at the time, But my daughter obviously had a Ph.D. in Uh, tic-tac-toe. She begins to play tic-tac-toe, and she's beating her dad in tic-tac-toe. And so out of frustration, I break one of the crayons. Uh, Beloved, I cannot be honest, transparent. I break the crayon, and I know some of y'all said, we're going to pray for you, Pastor. And uh, so I raised my hand for the hostess, and I began to request a new set of crayons. But can I tell you what that little girl taught me on that day? She says, Daddy, she says, you don't need new crayons because broken crayons still color. I wish I had somebody tonight that say, Pastor Barry, when I look back at my life, I'm nothing but a broken crayon, but I still color. I dare to look at somebody down your aisle and tell them broken crayons still color. Well, here it is. Beloved, can I give you a couple of things to help you understand? how Jesus is your friend. If I had time tonight, I would explain all the symbolism in the passage. I would talk about the water. How how whenever you see water in the Bible, that means that God's about to do something awesome. We know when God parted the Red Sea for Moses and parted the, the Jordan River for Joshua and how Jesus turned water, and water. If I had time, I would tell you about water. If I had time, I would tell you about boats. That this is not the only passage in the Bible where boats appear. Come here, Noah. The Bible says that Noah builds a big boat called an ark. Also, you all know that, Net, that Jonah, when he was told to go to Nineveh, he was thrown off the boat. If I had time, I would tell you about boats. If I had time, I would tell you about storms, that this ain't the first time that a storm appears in the Bible. In fact, the Bible says that Paul, that his boat was capsized, and he learned to how to hold on to broken pieces. But also we know that there was a time when Jesus was asleep at the bottom of the boat, and the disciples woke him up and said, Jesus, don't you care about us? And he came up on the, on the, on the deck and he said, peace, be still. If I had time, I would tell you about boats. Where well, here it is. We find that Peter had a couple of things working against him. Peter's faith was off, his focus was off, and his footsteps were off. You see, his faith was off because as long as the weather was calm, he had great faith. But when the winds began to blow and the water began to get boisterous, that's when his faith began to wane. And before you, look at, uh, 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 before you look at Peter with the wrong attitude, can I tell you that all of us got a little Peter in us. You see, it's easy to have faith when you got money in the bank. It's easy to have faith when your health is intact. It's easy to have faith when your marriage and your children are doing well. But the question is, do you still have faith when you got a negative balance in the bank account? The question is, do you still have faith uh, when the doctor gives you a sick report? The question is, do you still have faith uh, when your children and your spouse are acting up and cutting up? Somebody say, where is your faith? Beloved, as, as a people of God, we're people of faith. The Bible says faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. The Bible also makes it clear that it's without faith, it's impossible to please God. I said Peter's faith was off, Uh, but Peter's focus was off. Uh, Peter's focus was great as long as he kept his eyes on Jesus. But when distractions started to show up in his life, He begins to take his eyes off Jesus. But I heard David say it this way. He said, I look to the hills from which cometh my help, all of my help coming from the Lord. And some of us don't mind being transparent that some of the issues you find yourself in, uh, it wasn't because Satan caused it. uh, It wasn't because your friends caused it. It's because you took your focus uh, off of Jesus. Peter, his faith is off. His focus is off. But his footsteps are off. The Bible says he's walking forward, but then all of a sudden his feet begin to sing. But the Bible says that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And I want to encourage you, you got to be careful where you allow your feet to step. Well, beloved, as I bring my little sermonic soliloquy to a close. Beloved, I grew up, was born in the 70s, raised in the 80s. And I grew up a time where they would sing songs about friends. Y'all don't mind if I call the roll, do you, on tonight? I remember hearing Mean Joe Clark and Lean On Me. He said, Lean on me when you're not strong. I'll be a friend, I'll help you carry on. I remember hearing Deion Warwick say this way Keep smiling, keep shining, knowing you can always count on me for sure. That's what friends are for. Through the good times and the bad times, I'll be on your side forevermore. That's what friends are for. And since this is, after all, the 50th anniversary of hip-hop, can I call on the ghetto prophet Houdini tonight? Houdini said it this way, friends, how many of us? I know I had some saved folk up in here. Y'all ain't been saved all your life. friends, Friends, you can depend on. Okay, I know some of y'all are holy, and I don't want to lose you. Come here, but I heard I heard the golden girl said this way: Thank you for being a friend. Travel down the road and back again. Your heart is true, your power and a confidence. Somebody says preaching about friends. Well, first thing we see is that Jesus is a friend who pushes us to have courage beyond what's comfortable. In this passage, we find in verse 29, where Jesus tells Peter to get out of the boat. And, beloved, can I tell you that all of us have a proverbial boat. Sometimes the boat is your relationship. Sometimes your boat is your job. Sometimes your boat are what people said about you in the past. But can I tell you that all of us will have a moment in our lives where we got to get out the boat. And the reason why some of us never realize our full potential is because we're afraid to get out the boat. Can I, can I tell you a true story? As I was flying to Maryland on, on Saturday, sat next to a man He got a phone call. And I, normally I don't get in people's business, but today, I had a, that day I had a nosy spirit on me. Y'all ever had a nosy spirit get on you? So, so I asked the man, I said, what, what line of work do you do? He says, "Why I have multiple businesses. He says, but that phone call is because I'm traveling with my pastor who's ahead of us in first class. Well, uh, he says, but let me tell you my story. He says, I was once homeless. He says, because I was willing to to step out of my boat. He says, I was on a dead-end job at the post office, but I heard the Lord saying that there was more in store for me. He says, everybody thought I was crazy to get out the boat called the postal service. He says, but pastor, can I tell you to shout? He says, my wife and I have five businesses and all five businesses grossed over a million dollars last year, what are you saying, Pastor Barry? Is that if he would have never got out the boat, he would never have what God has for him. Okay, okay, some of y'all need some more. Come here, come here, come here. As I'm in North Carolina, I'm on the way to the airport and the Lyft driver. Uh, She sensed that there was, uh, I guess, the presence of God on me. She must have known that that I was prayed up because I knew I had to come to Mount Pleasant. She says, but let me tell you a story. Her son called, and she says, my son, he says, "Uh, uh, he's calling because uh, he wants to show me that my grandson is driving his dump truck. He says, now, my son used to have a good roofing job, uh, but he realized that it was also a dead-end job. And so he makes the bold decision to quit his job and buy a dump truck. And as a result of that now, he says, listen, he has more money than he ever had before, but if he he had not stayed, if he had not walked away from his old job, he would never experience what God had for him. What he's saying, Pastor Barry, is that sometimes you got to be willing to get out of your place of comfortability in order to receive what everything everything that God has for you. And I believe that Grandmama had it right when she said a closed hand uh, doesn't release anything, uh, but it also doesn't receive anything. And I've come tonight on this second night a revival to tell somebody it's time to get out your boat. Somebody say, get out your boat. Well, second thing we see is that Jesus is the kind of friend that, that pushes us to have concentration that's bigger than the chaos. You see, what, what Peter understands is that chaos will come in all of our lives. Sometimes the chaos shows up as family. Sometimes the chaos shows up as your job. But the question is, can you still have concentration in the midst of chaos? Uh, There's a story of a woman in the Bible. The Bible says that she had been hemorrhaging for 12 long years. Uh, There's people all around her. There's chaos all around her. But she had a concentration like none other. Although there's chaos all around her, she says, if I can just touch... The hem of his garment, I know I shall be made whole. What are you saying, Pastor Barry? Somebody needs to hear that. that yes, there's chaos going on around you, but you got to have the mindset, I'm not going to let anything take my eyes off of Jesus. Well, beloved, as I get ready to get on home and finally sleep in my own bed, the last thing I see in this text, if you're going to really accept The fact that Jesus is your friend, you must have confidence that Jesus will come through for you. The Bible says that when Peter gets out of the boat, uh, the Bible says that when he started drowning, he doesn't turn around to call on his boys, but he called on Jesus. And beloved, can I tell you there'll be moments in your life when you can't call mama and you can't call daddy. But I know a man that you can call him in the morning. You can call him in the noonday and you can call him late at night. The Bible says that Peter begins to call on the name of Jesus. And what I love about this is that Jesus does not tarry long, but the Bible says he stretches out his hand and he grabs Peter. And if I had time tonight, I would tell you about the hand of Jesus. For the Bible says that there was lepers that had leprosy all over their body. But Jesus reached out his hand and he touched them and they became whole. The Bible says that there was a man that had been blind. And the Bible says Jesus spat on the ground. He made some salve. And with his hand, he put his hands over his eyes and opened that man blinded eyes. But the Bible says that it was there on cross, uh, that they put a crown of thorn uh, on his head. Uh, The Bible says that they whipped him uh, 39 times. Uh, The Bible says uh, that they pierced him in the side. Uh, But I'm so glad today uh, that he put his hands out uh, and they put nails in his hands. Uh, They put nails in his feet. Uh, And the Bible says uh, that he could have called down uh, a legion of angels uh, but because he's your friend uh, he stayed uh, on the cross for you. And I. the Bible says uh, that they buried him uh, in an old borrowed tomb. Uh, He stayed there all day Friday. Uh, He stayed there all day Saturday. Uh, But early one Sunday morning, uh, he got up with all power uh, in his hands. Uh, And I wish there was somebody here uh, that didn't mind lifting up holy hands uh, who would celebrate uh, if it had not been for Jesus. Uh, I would have given up a long time ago. Is there anybody on this side uh, that can lift up your hands uh, and say if it had not been for the Lord uh, who was on my side uh, I would have given up will I come tonight uh, on this second night of revival uh, to make the devil mad Uh, you see the devil would love uh, to break up your friendship with Jesus uh, but I heard Paul say it this way uh, what shall separate me uh, from the love of God. Uh, He said persecution or pain, uh, but nothing uh, shall separate uh, my friendship with Jesus. Uh, And I wish there was somebody here that's glad to say that he's your friend uh, and that you're his friend. Uh, And when people ask you, uh, why do you love him? uh, You ought to tell them uh, that he's a friend uh, that sticks closer than a brother. Uh, He's a friend uh, that'll be there in the midnight hour. He's a friend uh, that you can call all at any time. Is there anybody here today that don't mind celebrating Jesus? I wish there was somebody here that can have a flashback and look back over your life and celebrate what the Lord has done. In fact, do me a favor. You ought to testify to somebody and tell them Jesus is my friend. In fact, do me a favor. Grab your neighbor by the hand. Rock him and shake him. Shake him and rock them up, uh, rock them and shake them up, uh, shake them and rock them up uh, and tell him I got a friend in Jesus. Uh, well, I got to get out of here, y'all. Uh, but can I tell you one thing about Jesus? Uh, he's still in the blessing business. Uh, I wish there was somebody here that knows that he's not done moving in your life. Uh, he's not done working in your life. I dare you to give God some praise tonight uh, and bless his holy name. Uh, I dare to shout in advance. I uh, dare to give them glory in advance. Uh, but do me one more favor. Uh, say, neighbor, this praise ain't for me. Uh, but this praise is for you. Uh, because I see greater in your future. Uh, I see blessings coming your way. Uh, well, can you do me a favor? Uh, can you clap those hands? Uh, can you shout for glory? Uh, won't God make a way for you? Uh, won't He fight your battles? Uh, won't He be a doctor in a sick room? Uh, want to be a lawyer in a courtroom somebody open up their mouth and give god some praise
0: you've been listening to the mount on the go podcast if you've been enjoying the word please consider donating to the mount pleasant ministry We have various ways that you can give to the ministry to allow us to become better in our pursuit of delivering God's Word to you. You can give via PayPal at mtpleasantatl.org. You can give via Zale, info at mtpleasantatl.org. You can also give via Square and Givelify. For Givelify, just search for Mount Pleasant Baptist Church with our address, 17 Melton Avenue, Southeast Atlanta, Georgia, and you'll be in the right place. In addition to all these options, you're always welcome and invited to grab an envelope and have cash or checks sent to the church, whose address is again, 17 Millen Avenue, Southeast Atlanta, Georgia. For questions, comments, and concerns, feel free to email us at info at mtpleasantatl.org. That's info at mtpleasantatl.org. You can also visit our website, www.mountpleasantatl.org to follow us on YouTube and Facebook for the video version of the podcast. Our services are live every Sunday at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, and you are more than welcome to visit the church in person every Sunday at the same time. Thank you so much for listening.